understand rhythms you go one two three mark and everybody else is waiting yeah Yeah, it's like when you have to be the crowd that enters on stage and starts talking there's one person that does it well and everybody follows so that the listeners understand we we actually have to count down and say mark to line ourselves up for fucking zoom it's trash um the 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 zoom the the dreaded zoom Zoom delay. Zoom. It's like, who is Mark and is he single? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. On that note, welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater people, made by three theater nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm CJ Merriman. And I am Scott Leggett. And each week we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights. But this week we offer another bonus mini series. Bam, bam, bam. All right. As you may know, watching your face do that (laughs) might be my every. That's my Saturday. I'm done. I'm out. I'm gonna go smoke balls. Sorry. I'm every. This is everything. That's everything. (laughs) Oh, we're in a mood. I didn't know what sound was about to come out of your mouth. I think it was. I'm. I'm playing the South Park video game on Switch right now, and it's. (gasps) There's a lot of noises from that that are living in my brain rent free. So, but as you. It's really fun, the stick of truth. Um, As you may know, audience, sorry. um, After every fifth playwright, we do a bonus miniseries uh, on movies related to theater or something like that. And this week, we begin our series on movie musicals that were originally written for the screen. Okay. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to be discussing four movies, one chosen by each of us. Why are there four? Four? Well, you might have heard a talk already, which we love, because we have our usual bonus series guest, a good friend, a writer and collaborator, and the writer of our original songs that we have for each miniseries, uh, Pam Quinn, everyone. How are you, Pam? Pam Quinn. Our Pam, God. Pam, Pam, Pam. Pam, Pam, Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. This is the voice I've chosen for today's episode. <laughs> Pam's doing a sexy voice. Is that sexy? That was my like laryngitis voice. My strep throat voice. <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, we love your voice in all always, especially when it sings, because she does. She she writes those songs for us every miniseries, and they're incredible. I do yeah, that. It, I do do you that. Do do that. You do do. I do 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 that. Poop. Yeah, and what's so cool? It, just having you here is a pleasure because you're a cool person to have around. I guess. Indeed. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bailey's got. <laughs> Bailey's got. I guess. Bailey's got his issues. Yeah. yeah. But, but just you're you're. I have notes. You're omnipresent <laughs> as part of the process, like, you know, and so it's just cool to have you. She here. is our God. Um, we've talked about this in prior episodes, but she is actually the reason why we all know each other. I would never have come to Sacred Fools without Pam. So thanks, Pam. Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Pam. Hey, hey I'm happy. Thanks, to Pam. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately, we won't be talking about Pam's pick until next week, but that's okay. 
No. Uh, this week. Wait, what? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna have to make you sit through this entire. <laughs> um, but I will say the two that we're talking about today, I'm super pumped about. Uh, and these are these are Scott and CJ's picks because mm -hmm. we do them in order of when they came out. And so, why don't we go ahead? Let's run in on this first one. This is a Scott's pick. Scott, why don't you introduce it for us? It's just like you're saying, Pam. Pam, 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 Do you all know which one it is yet? My pick was the 1975 film Tommy. Tommy! The adaptation of the 1969 Who album conceived and performed and written by the great Pete Townsend uh, yes. with contributing um, uh, songs from John Entwistle. It should be said. It's also true. Uh, the bassist of the who also, the and you know, Keith had a lot of input and so did Roger. It was oh, a, yeah. very oh, much yeah. a, collab. a collab, but you know, Pete is the, Pete is the, the genius behind it. And it's definitely a, uh, a love letter uh, from him to, the world the world CJ... i don't know if we can say that <laughs> um what so you want to tell us what it's about <sighs> yes. break it down cj's breakdown young tommy sees his stepfather kill his long lost dad and is immediately struck dumb deaf and blind he grows up to be a hot guy with rock and abs a deep tan great hair and a penchant for pinball that makes him wealthy and famous he is cured Quote when he's thrown through a trippy mirror by his mother. The obvious follows. Wealth, fame, and a cult that eventually spins out of control. All true things. This, this movie is about a liar. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Everyone's faces Coming are amazing. Swinging. I wish I had screenshot that. No, you know, this is a movie, we have to say it. We have to say it out loud. This is a movie that can cause some controversy. This is a movie that can, um, it, it's not for everyone. Let's say that. It's, it is not but everyone's cup of tea. We yeah. should also set up just so everyone understands this is a movie that scott and i grew up with and have a relationship with so it's it's a weird one to discuss but it's an exciting one to discuss especially because we understand that it's an acid fucking trip of of insanity and it's hard to sell to most people so it's a ride of a lifetime it is a ride of a lifetime but <laughs> this was cj and pam's first watch Mm -hmm. yeah. So I want to hear their thoughts on it before yeah. I give my fun facts, because I got a lot. Mm, CJ, you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I, I know there was a contention on this, but like I kept thinking of Jesus Christ Superstar when I watched this. Um, sure. And I was very glad to uh, remind myself that Jesus Christ Superstar came out first. Um, but my big question for this was, was this always a rock opera or was it an album that they made into a rock opera? Well, and it sh it should be stated that the album is is before Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, I'm just talking about the movies there because I know right. there's also no comparing Andrew Lloyd Webber and The Who. I mean, they're two different things. Well, but that's I think... for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's it, it's always an interesting observation because I saw Tommy no that's not true I, I probably saw them Jesus Christ Superstar and Tommy around the same time but as I was discovering Tommy I was discovering 
rock and classic rock and the who and all that. So it's interesting to listen to a classically trained composer writing a rock opera versus rock and rollers with no formal education who were teaching themselves writing a, a, a narrative. I mean, the album itself is, is a narrative. Right. Oh. Well, so maybe because I kind of came at this as an uppity actor, theater actor slash musical theater person thinking like, were these a bunch of fucking musicians that are like, what? It's music. We're just going to write a musical. It's the same. It's easy, but it's not. And maybe I need to think of it the other way of Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, what? It's a rock opera. It this kind is of is easy. that. It, it was also... Yeah. It's also interesting. But that's also Andrew Lloyd Webber, in my opinion, his only good work. Yeah, well, he peaked with Jesus Christ Superstar, in my which opinion. was his first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Phantom of the Opera as a guilty pleasure, but I still think he peaked with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got some soft spots for Evita. Uh, Evita's yeah, yeah, yeah. dirty I now. That, I give that to Tim Rice. I think the lyrics in mm. that make that I, because there's only like five themes in that whole musical. Yeah, of you're right. You're right. And it's it's also, they're catchy. It's dirty. I just can't celebrate that musical it is dirty. anymore. It is, it is dirty. Well, yes. There's I mean, bad dirty, that. not fun or sexy dirty. I think um, uh, to digress real quick. I think the other interesting thing to sort of acknowledge in the Who writing of Tommy was that it was at the crest of of concept albums. You know, right. we already had right. Sergeant Pepper's at that point. Right, like uh, Hades Town. That's true. Hades yeah. Town was a concept album that that's told the one story. that I know. No, it's true. It told a story and it made people go, "Oh, that's interesting," and that that could be on stage, right? And mm-hmm. she, I don't even know that she. Uh, maybe y'all could answer this better than me. I don't think she fully intended it to be a musical at first. Really, it was a concept album. It's so that, well put together. It makes me right. think that it must have always been meant to be a musical. Right, and you know the stage show of Tommy is really well put together also you know there's, okay when you when when it was decided to be turned into a stage show it does fit as a movie yeah because it's again it's ken russell's take on what the um album is already so the album actually kind of tells a pretty different story um specifically that uh it's switched uh who the dad and the stepdad right right it's uh, and captain walker uh is the one who kills the lover and that's actually what pete ends up doing with the musical as well Uh which really works it's it 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 just makes the musical uh, the stakes better and that relationship is better and there's for some reason a little more fucked up i i disagree i think that it (laughs) I, I think that I liked the musical. I got to see it on Broadway. As a matter of fact, I it was the first musical I saw on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just felt that it was all a little neutered in an attempt to get away from the movie, in an attempt to move away from Ken to Russell. To make a better theater. To, yeah, it was better never, theater. Accessible. It was accessible. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's accessible. Good. That's a good way. I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't hate Tommy the musical. I just thought it was a little... I kind of do. I kind of don't like Tommy the Musical. Oh, can I? I've seen it a couple times, and every time I go, yeah, it feels neutered from the from the movie. But I actually like the choice of the lover dying better. That's weird. That's interesting. Me too. Ahead, I Steve. like that choice uh, better. I just wanted to 
I have a one sentence sum up of how I felt about this movie, and then we haven't even asked Pam how she felt about yeah, it. Yeah, fuck um, it, I don't care. My <laughs> my sum up of this movie for me is I get it. It was a little too relentlessly weird for me, and I'm yeah. sure I would appreciate that more as I watch if I watch it again when I watch it again. But also my who the who um playlist is severely lacking and like this makes me want to listen to way more of the who and yeah i grew up with the who sorry pam we'll ask you in a second i grew i grew up <laughs> with the who um it was and and it, it's my beatles in a way they're my beatles because the way that a lot of people feel about the beatles is how i feel about the who and it's it's because i was raised with them i don't know that I, you know, I don't know. I that was I raised with Simon and Garfunkel. Right. So, actually, yes. And I actually was two bookends. Was and like Meatloaf. A deal in my house. Yeah. So <laughs> there, Meatloaf. T <laughs> uh, I was not raised on Meatloaf, but I, <laughs> I, I did listen to a good amount Scott. of Ozzy. Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne. Patootie, bless my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last time we did Rocky Horror. I really love that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Which brings me, Rocky Horror actually brings me to my thoughts. Bailey, yeah. I'm sorry. Did you have more to no, say? No. Stick your foot. Stick your foot in there, Pam. Get you. Get that foot up my ass. I want to keep it there. I want to. I want to hear what you. Because I've been watching your face. I was about to digress to that. Yeah. I know you were. I know you were. I felt that. I felt it. Um. I felt the conch shell being passed. It was. Um. I. You know. I do want to say this. I've seen Jesus Christ Superstar three or four times. I've heard the music maybe ten times. I can't remember. 65 percent of it right and i feel like i'll never forget a minute of time. <laughs> i will right. i will say that i felt like you it was a wild ride it was crazy um but it kind of had a horror element which i love in my 70s 80s gritty yeah. movie musicals movies the Rocky Horror Picture Show element to it is it's palpable yeah. it's there and it's dark you know i it's dark it's super dark there's a lot of r r <laughs> a p i n g there's a lot of that in the movie uh, and um yes it's just kind of crazy like i really and i had bailey with me watching it so he was able to kind of do vh1 pop-up video stuff with it mm -hmm. um oh that's fun. super yeah it was super helpful um with his knowledge and also just his personal feelings about the movie it was nice to have somebody there who could kind of guide me because otherwise i feel like i would have watched it in three or four installments like I that's how taken, i did it yeah i would have taken breaks but um we got all the way from beginning to end and and i was never bored that's what i'll say all it's, right. a, it's a hard watch you know and i i will say i was shown it too early <laughs> yeah you and me both we've talked about this like i uh -huh. remember very clearly mom and dad like in the kitchen going i don't is there anything in there should that... we is this right <laughs> do you think it's all right <laughs> do you think it's all right for him to watch Just a fucking baby, movie Tom. yeah <laughs> because no i i think i was I, i've i've like done the math i'm pretty sure i was like six years old when i watched this for the first time six or seven and it's because my brother but you were responding to the colors the i was colors. but also <laughs> little tommy yes yeah, he, cute as hell be, by the way that right. kid is great he's meant to be like yeah, four great. or five yeah uh -huh. and i and i was like i'm him the first and i i did that with movies and i i think we all did Me too. But I, I like really did it with anything my brothers showed me because i was a little toady 
Mm-hmm. So G-G-O. they put on this movie, and I go, oh, "Whoa, colors! Whoa, music!" And I was, you know, I loved musical theater. I loved and everything kid, by that point. And there's a kid, and in the it. kid, yeah. and he's he's having fun, and he's being crazy, and he's wearing a box on his head and going, "Ooh!" And I'm like, "This is great." Then <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes, and you're like, "This ain't ET." Well, yeah, but I don't know what? that I ever clocked any of the really dark stuff. It was always yeah, to that me makes just. Sense weird and now i was watching things like labyrinth i was watching things like little nemo i was watching like weird shit as a kid so this was just another weird shit you know but now as an adult who has done the work of like watching it a hundred times seeing the musical knowing everything about the album and the who themselves um and 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 just feeling this connection to it that i think is is beyond what i feel for most uh you know uh movies and and shows um i totally see why it's not for everyone oh yeah i think uh but i love agreed and yeah it's ken russell and and when we're talking about the music so he filled in so much like so many story plots in yeah and he wasn't He's a classical Plot music. Holes. He's a classical music guy. Yeah, that's the thing. Ken Russell isn't a drug dude. Ken Russell never did acid. He. Right. This is all him, and so the weirdness isn't weirdness for weirdness's sake. Everything has a, a, a thought behind it, uh, and and if you're not into Ken Russell, like go look into Ken Russell's stuff. We've been talking about the Devils, which is screening right. for the first time on Shutter, unedited. Yeah which was an insanely controversial movie. Uh, Women in Love, which is, uh, he got an Oscar nomination for directing that, and it got I w- I, I've compared him a lot to, like, uh, Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. Don't and- get me started on Jodorowsky and but- stop <laughs> thinking that he knows fucking anything about Jodorowsky. Yeah. You've never seen a Jodorowsky in your single life, Scott. Okay. Um, wow! Oh my, wow. this really anger from someplace so, deep so within. This is why all of our prenup <laughs> negotiations have gone down the toilet. Oh yeah, CJ. we should mention Scott and CJ are pregnant with a with a baby. Scott, I'm, I'm I am carrying the baby. I'm carrying. Right. Scott this is baby. pregnant. CJ is pregnant with you, but you are pregnant. I don't know if she's pregnant with me, and that's half the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like she's with me. Um, It's fine. It's fine. Are you not supporting him through his (laughs) his time of need? This Jodorowsky thing. I can't let it go. Well, here's the thing. Jodorowsky, I I only know anything about from recently I watched the Jodorowsky's Dune documentary. Which is extraordinary. And they were like, you need to watch El Topo. And I was like, okay. So I went and watched it, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? But it's like around the same time as tommy right so it has those same feels the sound is weird we won't get into this 70s aesthetic it's the aesthetic exactly which jesus christ superstar is everyone tan uh well they're weirdly dirty and tan (laughs) they're also south america jodorowsky's uh chilean so right and those are all really interesting movies but it, it anyway that was a massive but, digression no but you're to say yeah this shit's weird because Jodorowsky shit is weird but it's it's not just weird for the sake of weird everything it's a it's poetry it's right. all of its metaphor and symbolism and based in movement stuff and it's right. great if you ever get a chance but with Russell he he and I think that that's why when Townsend went to do the musical that they were real because when I saw it with uh with Michael Servers 
uh, on Broadway. Right. He's portrayed as uh, a sort of mop top Beatles esque. He doesn't. He doesn't have the long flowing hair. He doesn't have right. the hippie abs. It's a lot more sterile in how they're approaching the messianic. Right. Um, and what and a lot of what that has to do with too is that when they would do concerts of Tommy the rock opera before the movie came out, they uh Tom uh, uh Roger Daltrey, the lead singer, really would embody Tommy. And that's how a lot of the songs came out was because they didn't they all sing, right? Yeah. So they all sing different parts in the album, even. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and whenever Roger is singing, that's Tommy singing, and he is the embodiment of Tommy. So when they decided to make the movie. They were sort of like, who else could do it but Roger Daltrey? I know he's never acted, but let's let's see. And it, it works because he's got that haunted blank stare down. Yeah, he nailed that. Yeah. He nailed he's got that. it. And, you know, they there's a million cameos. that They're all in the movie multiple times. Keith Moon plays uh, Uncle, Uncle Ernie. Ernie. He's the drummer. Um, John Entwistle shows up a ton, but he's usually just playing the bass with no expression on his yeah, face. Yeah, he he was not he was not into the idea of no. of doing them. It just wasn't his thing. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is uh, when they went to record the album, you there's only two horns in it, and he's playing both the horn, he French plays horn the and English and, horn. Yeah, yeah, Man, and he uh, that's yeah. some fancy shit. Yeah, and. Yeah, I that, play the French horn only because John Entwistle plays the French horn. I learned how <laughs> I to play it the up French for a horn. Summer. I played it for eight years because John Entwistle told me to <laughs> in a documentary. Um, I will say this: watching this reminded me of rewatching Spider-Man: Homecoming recently hmm. because the cast, like people, kept popping up, and I was like, "What? That's the what?" Because yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, out of all the Marvels, is one of my favorite cast movies, I think. Um, yeah, and they kill it because all those kids are amazing. Yeah. Right, and yeah. the cameos are next level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, like, this one, you've got Elton John, obviously. Mm-hmm. All, well, Oliver Reed, I was just like, he was a soldier of Rome as yeah. soon as he showed up. <laughs> but um, Anne margaret and- Jack Tina Nicholson Turner. singing his little Jack heart Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Man, that guy did some weird shit in the 60s and 70s when it came to <laughs> yeah. films. Like, Absolutely. And, you know, he wasn't actually meant to play that role. Who was it? Steve Martin. So, actually, no. So, <laughs> it's always Steve Martin <laughs> with the other choice. Um, so the original uh, casting of the Doctor was Christopher Lee. Yes. Who... Well, awesome, but like fight. he would to sing it like this because he's Christopher. Saruman. I'm sorry, yeah, Saruman. But, um, uh, the other person that was offered it after he had to drop because he was doing some other film, they offered it to Peter Sellers. Oh, okay, that would have been cool, that would have been really yeah, cool. I get um, that. But then, basically, just uh, last second, they were like, We just need somebody, get anybody. And it turned out that Jack Nicholson was shooting in London at the time. And they were like, Could we get Jack? And they contacted him. And Jack said, I'll do it, but only for this reason. And they said, What? And they said, I need to figure out Ken Russell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand Ken Russell. I want to work with him and understand him. Yes, I'll come do it. But Pete Your Townsend face said, is very Jack Nicholson right now. <laughs> Me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> eyebrows. Um no, he but they uh, Pete Townsend said no. Fuck no. I don't want I Jack Nicholson can't sing. Christopher Lee could ba- barely sing. We've had such trouble with Oliver Reed. No, I'm not going to do this. And uh-huh. which we'll get into Oliver Reed. But he and Jack Nicholson came in and sang it one time for him, and and Pete was like, "Oh, that was 
that was beautiful. Just do that. Aww. Just do yeah, that. Yeah. And they let him do it. And it's like, yeah, Jack can fucking sing. Why I like that more? story. Yeah. Good story. And he, yeah, and the fact, well, and Nicholson's on top of the world in 1975. He's right. already won for Chinatown. He's was yes. that Shining I mean, wasn't for a little bit, right? He was Shining would be next. Yes, he would uh-huh. do that next. That was in right. the 70s. I mean, and he was just at the top. He had done Cuckoo's Nest. He had done Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, right. Nest in All of his really like massively famous things until uh, like. Uh, I would argue because the '80s he doesn't he doesn't blow up too much he doesn't do a ton he comes back in the '90s with like Batman and like well I guess Batman is '89 isn't it Yeah well he won he won he won in like '84 '85 what uh, Terms of Endearment he won his best supporting oh, shit. and he's he in, yeah he's not he, even in very much of that though not much but, but he enough. steals it like he <laughs> yeah. steals one the scene shit. of broadcast news. He's, yes. <laughs> and he's never seen with any other actor. He's only seen on screen. <laughs> well, he spent a lot of the 80s, too, trying to get the two Jakes made, which is the right. pseudo-sequel to Chinatown. Chinatown, right. It just kind of went... Blur. Well, that's um, all very we, interesting. He's, can yeah, we talk Anne margaret though? Yeah. Because I just... As a child, I remember being... like It was my first MILF crush. Was, yeah, was, definitely was, a big crush for me. Also, um, she uh, and Jack Nicholson obviously have insane sexual chemistry in that scene. Oh yeah, oh my uh, god. They yeah. had been in Carnal Knowledge everyone together. On that they'd set done Carnal was Knowledge, which oh yeah, they had oh, done yeah. Carnal Knowledge <laughs> with um, Garfunkel, directed by Mike Nichols. What the, the directed last by yeah. Directed by Mike Nichols, who we've and talked about. And it's great. A it's a great yeah. little good movie. This is the Mike Nichols really podcast. Good, yeah. It, it yeah. really is. It's <laughs> he's so so present. But, but she's incredible, and she gets an amazing. Oscar nomination. She wins she, the Golden Globe. She won. She, oh. she won the Golden Globe. Was nominated for an Oscar. And oh. the only person to ever be nominated for an Oscar who sang every single word in their yeah. There's movie. no dialogue. That's the. It's truly. An opera. There is there is no dialogue. Right. You know? And the only other woman to emulate the level of passion in their performance was Winona Ryder in the first season of Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a great analog because she, she's fucking great in that. All the way. Yeah. yeah. She and she takes it. She takes it to this level that you're just like, are you okay? Like a lot of the time, but it works, especially the the beans chocolate soap no that yeah, scene like, yeah. i was just Infamous. like come on oh, <laughs> so it's, I, mean, I was yeah. just over it and it was so well, gross and i was like come an, on so i get I that it. but it's it is actually a very pointed message to british society is what <laughs> it was meant to be and okay it's, and, and at the time i think <laughs> it hit a lot harder like, yeah at the time i think it hit a lot harder than it does us now we're just like that's horrendous and the story goes that she ran up to the screen at one point and put her hand in it and cut her hand open. Like, <gasps> and they and Ken Russell himself had Ken to take Russell her to the had hospital. Ken Russell had to drive That's her to the so hospital. That's so Django. <laughs> Did you just say Django? Django. Django. D hyphen Django. D hyphen Django. That's how girls from Long Island say it. Island is... Was this before Tina Turner was really Tina Turner? No. It oh, was, it was. It, I it just was, don't know her body of work and when. Amidst it, Tina Turner. Being, okay, okay, okay. It was, it was before, before she became Tina as we knew her. She was part the of, diva known as Tina. She okay. was. She was part of 
Ike and Tina. She was yes. still very much tethered to that son of a bitch. But still uh, massive and in her and own right. Massive. Proud Mary already existed. And like that, we Would Mary. it kind of be like how Lizzo is to us today? Would it be like that? Because I feel like we haven't even seen her. I agree. Career. Lizzo right. hasn't even gone. Come on. I already want her to be headed. president. <laughs> you know, yeah, but but what, what, what does she have? An album and a half? You know, like she hasn't even yeah, really. Yeah. So good. Have you seen her done perform, it yet? Like, oh, her incredible. music is good, but she's an amazing performer, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of people kind of around right now that are that are similar that I feel like we just haven't seen what they're gonna do. Janelle Monae. Yeah. Janelle Monae. Uh, Janae Aiko, somebody I think, uh, somebody mm. who I think is about to take off. This is a huge digression. Sammy Ray. Everybody go look up Sammy Ooh. Ray and the friend. No, I have been. She's I've been so adding her to my stuff oh, because so you posted on your story. Anyway, check it out. Also, Victoria uh, Monae. All these people. Okay, so we're, we'll get into it uh, some other time with our, our music podcast. But... Yeah. Um, uh, Anne Margaret's phenomenal. Oliver Reed is somebody I think we need to talk about. Yeah, it's. I only know him from Gladiator. <laughs> so he. Oh right, he's the trainer. He's, he's the Proximo. Trainer. Was, he died was, while they were he, filming. He died while they were filming. Right. Didn't he drink right. himself to death or something? Yeah, he was. I he probably. was. He was only sixty. He was. There is, Andre the Giant. Yeah. If you, um, there is a fantastic interview from the late seventies on BBC. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Just, and it's an interview where Oliver Reed is trying to teach the interviewer about acting and about stillness Mm. Uh and stares this fucking interviewer down. This poor kid had to have pissed his pants because he just turns it and like just focuses in. He goes totally still and he Mm. just, and he breaks it all down. He breaks down exactly how, how, how you should, should an actor should be, but he had already worked with Ken Russell on the devils which is on Shutter. You should go see it. And he'd worked with him uh, also on uh, Women in Love, which is based right. on um, oh, a novel by... Was uh, that a novel written by a man from the woman's point of view? This is probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I love those. And but, it's... it's um, He's also Bill Sykes in the Oliver movie. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and you know, and that's what I feel like most people probably know him from. He's also I gotta say, Baron like he, he had his moments, but overall, I didn't love him. Mm. No, he's not good. And and he he is acting his ass. Like he's really he's giving yeah. it. Well, you gotta match Margaret, right? Yeah. Like. Right. But he can't sing. Yeah. And no, he's not they had they literally had to record every single line of his singing piece by piece every line Ugh. because he couldn't do it and that's why pete but didn't it want wasn't Nicholson. worth it right it just doesn't seem no. worth it it, no. was, it was for it was, the star status he had that's right it. and yeah it helped, right. it helped it's get, russell crowe as javert it helped get it made um and it was something that they before they realized how how badly a situation they were in they were too far into even consider recasting him. So. Uh, P.S. I loved Russell Crowe as Javert. Okay, so... We <laughs> should, um, uh, Pam, Pam's face. <laughs> Pam's face. Keep it in. Keep no, it let in. It, no, let it out. It's the opposite, Pam. You need to, let it out like a bunch of baked beans exploding <laughs> out of television. Deal with Gross. that, right? <laughs> Gross. Um, also, huge shout-outs shout to Eric Clapton, who yeah. is strung I out. I recognize he, him. He is so heroined out, but delivered. <laughs> yes, he's 
one expression he's through just the like, whole song. He's like, uh-huh. Uh, but he plays. I wondered about how playing. fucking high Elton John was. Oh, yeah. Well, and they, Pete they Townsend and he got off heroin together. Yeah. Whoa. So there's Aww, like a lot that. of, yeah. So <laughs> there's like a lot it. of respect and love there. Eric Clapton showing up is really cool. There's a lot of weird cameos in the scene where Eric Clapton's singing, uh, you talk about your woman. That song. Barry Gibb is yeah. in that scene just pushing a wheelchair. Yeah. Yep. Barry Gibb. One of Barry Gibb's talk talk. Barry then, Gibbs. Uh, Ken Russell is one of the Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I have to give extra shiny stars to the Marilyn Monroe scene. I was watching that and I'm like, this has CJ Merriman written all <laughs> over it. Because it looks like a good time. Or what? No, I just the whole idea of this <laughs> church that worships this poor woman that's been put upon and made right. a sex symbol. But and in like, a weird, fucked up, backwards way, they're, they're, they're I the, loved it. They're the ones sort of sexualizing her and putting her on this pedestal. And, and it's it's weird. You're right. It's like this kind of awesome duality of that because she didn't want that kind of. Uh, admire, right, but that was her existence, yeah. and that's yeah. why she was famous. But it's also the, the it's, way that she was abused and taken advantage of the most right. too. I and it's just, also golden calf, right? Yeah, it's I, yeah they of, were saying I, some shit that I was picking up and buying. Yeah, well, and so that's all. <laughs> um, we should also say because Pete Townsend has has a lot to say, and he was he was really affected by celebrity, and he was weirded yeah. out by being worshipped and he and, and as he got to 75 even after making the album when they even got bigger and bigger and bigger right uh he was dealing with a lot plus he had dealt with he had been abused as a child right um it is very much his child. story and his feelings about fame and his feelings about uh how we treat children and psychomatic uh uh um problems that can arise and traumatize children like he had a lot of those issues he wasn't I mean, literally deaf dumb and blind but he felt that way his whole life you know he was trying to he was really trying to work through it in a time before therapy was a regular thing yeah. right and that's why he glammed on to this mayor baba right dude who who we should say, you know, there were so many, the Beatles had their guy and the Stones had their guy and, you know, people had all these sort of Indian guru kind of right. guys. This was Pete's right. guy. And Baba, but he was more legit. Like he wasn't like out, like getting money and. Wasn't like, like a cult? You know. No, he was, he right. was, he was living it. Like he spent 44 years. He took a vow of silence for 44 years. Oh, wow. And his, his teachings were, hold on, let me look. Here it is. So his teachings concern the nature and purpose of life. He described the phenomenal world as uh, is illusionary and presented the idea that the universe is imagination. He, everything that he did was built around the idea of compassion, love and introspection. Um, and so he it, it was a, a very positive message that you Neo know, Townsend was trying to deal with. Plus. Yeah we should also talk about the trauma that all of those fucking rock bands, they had all lived through the bombing of London. Like they're all born right. in the late thirties, early forties. Well, yeah. The, the references to world war two. I mean, Oh yeah. It was huge. Uh, it haunted them. And we should say the album is actually set in world war one. 
Right. Which is really wow. interesting because okay. that because of the uh, that was a bigger deal to England, I think. I think there were more Oh, things World War that, 1. Like, yeah. If you yeah, watch Peaky Blinders, right. You watch Peaky Blinders, I literally watched an episode last night where there's Americans there and they're like, "What are they talking about?" And it's like the war. That's yep. all they talk about is It's that. War. And it, it yeah, haunted, it haunted them updated for a long it for time. the brains of 70s, you know, moviegoers, but uh is, it, yeah, I think World War One is a more powerful, in a way, for them, not for Americans, maybe. But I mean, right. it's what nine eleven is to us. Yeah, sure. And 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 um uh, in general, I think this whole thing is about the inability inability to express what is inside of you, right? So the movie constantly is switching back and forth between what Tommy is thinking is happening or Feel what he's me. experiencing. Yeah, which is so. Then there's Feel all this me. weird kind of trippy imagery where we go. It is easy to say sometimes, and I do this with a lot of movies that I'm sure I just don't understand, where I go, this feels weird for weird's sake. But then if, you know, once you, which I'm not suggesting everybody go do, but if you do sit down with it and know Pete's story and know what he's trying to say and you go through it all, the imagery, even Ken Russell's imagery is very specific and it tells a very specific story. I just... I don't know that it's a, a visually a story that is well told. Does that make sense? Like the metaphor all is there. Like I right. get it. But by the end of it, do I know, have I been told a story? Kind of. It's it's like the summarization of the Jesus story through the vehicle of a rock, a rock star. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of. Which I like. I love that. No, but it's, yeah, it's not I, for everyone. It's not for everybody. I you know, and every time I watch it, like I, I find something else that I'll sort of glam onto or, or, or a number or a, a specific song will always stand out to me. Um, Pinball Wizard is always great. Acid Queen is always great. But like this time watching it, like I really was struck by I'm free. Uh, when he's ru- when, it, when he's running along After the ocean. After he's cured. Free. Yeah, and he's just you know it's also and the green screen at the time of blue screen yeah. and yeah. it's like <laughs> <laughs> yes all that crazy stuff I love it the, the superimposed double double exposure stuff and what? all the people in the cars with their blank stares that's so seventies like, so yes 70s. yeah but the scene that blew me away that I'm like you can't fake that was the closing was the was the cult scene where they're in that huge field which i'm guessing is maybe a junkyard that was all of those silver painted wrecking balls Uh i think it's meant to be the junkyard where he found his first pinball i assumed yeah i mean i'm sure it's the same location (laughs) yeah well yeah guaranteed yeah but like that the setup for that just i was like that's not that's not like a green screen that they stuck them on they took a a bunch of silver painted wrecking balls and stacked them up all over like how much time and, and money did yeah. that? Take? And this movie had a fat budget, which is why also Ken Russell was allowed to go so far with a lot of the right. imagery and metaphor. And um, we should say uh, we were talking about songs. Um, a couple of these songs are actually covers. They're not the Who's original songs. Eyesight to the Blind that Eric Clapton sings. That's a, that's a uh, what's Bo, a Sonny Bo Boy did. Williamson. Yeah. And 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 things like that. So there, you know, there's a couple of those, but for the most part, it's all original. Pinball Wizard. The, yeah, okay. that was my next so question. Pinball Wizard Wizard is written by Pete Townsend for the album. It's on the album. Um, it's uh different words. But it's the in lyrics Rocket are different. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So then what happened was Elton John, who by the way was not the original person who was meant to uh 
play it. It was originally Rod Stewart. Oh, fuck him. Yes. And then uh, Elton John talked him out of it. Because he wanted it? No. He Uh, said, you just shouldn't do it. Like, like, that's a weird, don't do it. And he said, okay. (laughs) Then it was offered to David Essex. And then it was offered to, actually, no, it wasn't offered to. Stevie Wonder came and said, I want to play this role. And Pete said, no, because there's already a, Blind oh person, god which is oh, I... terrible but he was like it just doesn't make sense he was like he was like i don't it, it wouldn't make sense for the this other person to just be blind Did and this wonder like, ever cover that blind. song because i want to hear it uh, that would be awesome well, and a hundred <laughs> people have a hundred people have but then elton john got offered it and he was like yeah sure <laughs> even though he had talked Ron well, out of there... he's like 23 years old too he's a yeah. kid wow. he's young there was also a lot of people who were afraid of that because that was the, right. the big hit from the album was right. was Roger Daltrey singing it on the album, mm. which is great and, and awesome. He's great, like it's he's Elton a just is and a Elton whole just thing. Kill, it's a whole different thing. And uh, can I, I give some trivia about that thing real quick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is uh, the only thing in the entire movie that is not pre-recorded. That is all live. Elton John wow. singing. I love Elton John the so who, much. The Who is actually playing on that stage. What a magic yeah. thing to be a part of all those people. He, yeah, yeah. He, uh, the crowd actually rushed the stage when Pete started <gasps> banging his guitar. That's not scripted. Yeah, they actually, right. because that's what would happen at Who right, concerts. Right, right. The Who is the original. Destroy they created right? that. They created the let's burn a goat in the in the hotel room. Let's or let's roast a goat in the hotel room. They they created. I still the can't get the smell of cumin out of the curtains. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally though. Yeah. Like that's. I know that's a best yeah. show reference, but it, like they actually did it. And they they um, they're they're. They're the first people to like bang all their equipment up on stage and destroy it. Like that's, they created that. So the, their, their fandom was next level wild yeah. and they would overtake the stage and they would do all this and they did it during filming. So they kept it in the movie. Another thing, sorry, another bit of trivia. Elton John felt really uncomfortable during the filming. And he just kept saying, which by the way, he said the only way he would do it is if they let him keep, keep the giant shoes. So <laughs> he still owns That's those. Right. Was, it the yeah, crowd? Right. was it the crowd that made him uncomfortable? No, they said that he felt uncomfortable singing without a piano. So they put so the piano they put it in, on them. which I thought they was went out brilliant. And bought, yes, they went out and bought a child's keyboard and put like plastic around it and they and they taped it down I'm obsessed to with the that. pinball machine I'm obsessed with so it that. looks like he's playing pinball by playing it's the so, piano it was such a brilliant choice brilliant. and they had to do yeah. it and it was just brilliant. it's purely yeah, because like, of his oh, feelings oh they gave Elton a piano i mean of course they did i love that so i good. love that yeah anyway i love that whole scene i think um and the, oh, anyway so elton john then re-recorded the song and put it on his own album and it's the only who which the who gets um tons of of uh uh what's the word i'm thinking not samples but um, royalties no where where somebody redoes their song licensing no where somebody redoes their song cover what is that called cover Cover song (laughs) no one people cover the who all the time behind blue eyes gets covered by limp biscuit fucking covered behind blue eyes um but this uh, bob o'reilly gets covered a lot this is what about only... Teenage Wasteland? I'm going to kill you. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, the name of the song is Baba O'Reilly. Okay. So I will, but Elton John did um, uh, record 
this song for his own album and it broke the top 10 on billboard the charts yeah. and it's he the did. only okay. cover of a who song to ever do that oh huh. cool. yeah but it didn't chart higher than but theirs, speaking of songs so. can we do our favorite songs from the movie please who what's your favorite song Pam? my favorite song is listening to you I yes. Sparks. I love it. I love that song yeah. so much. It's and that's my favorite number from the Broadway show. Yeah. Just having oh, all of those so voices electric. like, oh, it's fantastic. I get the heat, heat following you. That's a good one. What if Nickelback performed? No. Why would you ruin it? No. Or Creed. No. Who's Tommy, played by Nickelback and Switchfoot? <laughs> Do you think it's <laughs> And Puddle of Mud. Yeah. Uh, um, no, okay, so I agree. I think it's the it's kind of this perfect ending song. Even if you didn't love the rest of it, it, it gets you in your feels. Yeah. And on your feet. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they perform it. They performed it a lot at uh, uh, in and their concerts that weren't Tommy based concerts and um, specifically the Live at Leeds album has it on it, yeah. and it's one of my favorite recordings of it. So everyone, go look up Live at Leeds. The Who, um, Sparks is the name of the song. Uh, Scott, what's your favorite song from this one? Oh, uh, it's tough, it, and it always changes. Uh, I I Acid Queen. Yeah. Uh, despite the the rapiness of the scene, we sure. should say. Yeah. Um, the R. Uh, it's a lot of R. <laughs> the R. A lot of R. It is. I mean, and there's a lot of that in this in this because of Pete Townsend's history and stuff, and he he felt the need to put it in there. The movie makes it very metaphorical. The musical puts it on stage and makes you feel it. But the Acid Queen, they don't get that far in the musical. He uh, uh, she gets stopped by his father before they actually do anything but in the um in the movie it's it's pretty obvious that she takes advantage of him and gives him maybe some heroin (laughs) maybe Maybe. a little bit yeah tina fucking nails i assumed it was maybe acid but i guess it's all needles Uh, we went went back and forth on that one too bales yeah Yeah. it's it's you know it's poisoning him is what Mm -hmm. the ultimate message is but she's she just comes i mean if you listen to it's the one track on the original album that i'm kind of like because it's roger daltrey singing it and it's kind of like man whatever and then she just comes in and just lays fucking waste (laughs) to everything bailey they can't see it bailey (laughs) so this is the steelbook i was hoping somebody would bring it up this is the steelbook uh, Blu-ray of Tommy, which I'll post a picture of on um, the Instagram, but it's got the knight that armor man. that she puts him in. Well, I saw it's that an, and I was like, maybe Iron Maiden. It's an Iron Maiden. A Thurian legend musical. Oh, that now that would be something. <laughs> it's all related. You know, it's called Camelot. Ever... Yeah, it's all Jesus. somebody should do a rock version, a cool rock version, a really gritty fucking. Write it, Scott. Of Camelot. Of, By the way, of the Arthurian legend. I, uh, I, it's I called Miss of it. Avalon, and we shouldn't be reading it anymore because we the should not a read Miss. <laughs> uh, we're we're an hour in on Tommy, so we should definitely uh, get through uh, what songs. our songs are. But Seed, Acid Queen, what is Siege. yours? Yes. Uh, for me, this might surprise everyone. I really liked There's a Doctor because I love a good piano lick. Mm-hmm. Oh, this word. doctor I found can cure the boy. It's just it was all the piano in that. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and I do have one question about this movie when we're done with songs. Cool. Okay. Uh, I uh, my favorite song. Bailey, what's your favorite song? Day. <laughs> She's just being a dick. I'm sorry. I'm what so a dick. Sorry. My favorite song changes every day, but it's the one that's that often just gets stuck in my head is um just Tommy, can you hear? Me? Yeah. Yeah. It Classic. just plays on loop, rent free. I love it. And um there's there's other ones that I, I think um Mirror is really great. Do I smash the mirror? Yeah. Where it's just Anne Margaret slinging her hair around and she pushes him out. Um, but yeah, I, that's a hard question for me. I love them all. I think it's a perfect musical uh, in a lot of ways. It's a perfect rock opera is what I mean. I don't mean movie or stage show. Um, I have a lot of love for it. And also, before you ask this question, CJ, mm -hmm. uh, last bit of trivia I wanted to throw out there. Uh, George Lucas got offered the directorial spot on this movie and he turned it down for American Graffiti. Which was his big, his, big, big. Well, it was his baby. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, I get it. But it uh, would have been a done, totally different movie. Because yeah. he had only been known for THX 1138. That's which, right. Which is weird. Which is a weird THX 1138. Um, well, it's a weird one that, that is in this vein, too. Um, it, yeah, but, it's very 70s and very trippy. metaphor, symbolism. Yeah. Like, dialogue is not the... the the driving factor and it's it's a highly underrated movie because yeah. people are like george lucas star wars american graffiti and it's it's great sci-fi your CJ, question cj um this actually makes this movie topical the tommy camp isn't that exactly what jared leto is doing right now probably how so <laughs> google jared leto cult oh yeah and he's oh, like no. it's things where people are meeting him at a private island and everyone's wearing the same color of clothing and they're gathering oh. around him and he's giving sermons and shit no wow i can't think of anything more horrible i should say that i have a chip on my shoulder about jared leto going back to my youth because he took my sweet sweet claire danes away from me in my so-called <laughs> life and <laughs> Uh, the best thing now he's, he's a cult leader yeah well he stole jennifer connelly from me in requiem for a dream oh i feel God, that but that movie. didn't turn out too well did it <laughs> no it didn't would argue that drugs took her from you in you're right you're right heroin was yeah. actually the culprit um paul, paul bettany actually yeah, paul that's bettany true they're, they're still married yeah. Yeah. they're still married um, going like, strong going strong that that's disgusting how beautiful those, I those two people I love them. <laughs> I love them uh, so much. I love them so fucking much. They're so hot. Um, this show, we should say the musical did win five Tonys. Um, it, you know, it did really well. The movie had some Oscar noms. It, you know, it, 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 it exists in the ether. It was a big deal when it came out. Everyone should definitely do like a who education at some point because yeah, they I need to. created a lot of the things that we don't talk about that the Beatles you know, we, we talk about the Beatles a lot and we don't talk about the who and it's 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 imbalanced in that way um, because I think the the who, the who is less populist. So it's it's just less right. talked about. But they they did a lot of great stuff. I hear the ice cream truck. <gasps> it's like a very racist ice cream song. truck. That's true. It is actually a very it's going to play for 20 are. minutes. All of Sorry, y'all. Um, that's okay. Um, but <laughs> it's perfect because it kind of leads us into our next thing. <laughs> um, 
CJ, why don't you tell us what your pick was? Mine was the 1999 blockbuster, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Yeah! Yeah! Yep, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a joy it was to rewatch this. I hadn't... I had... I saw it three times in the theater. Went uh-huh. three times in the theater with three different crews. Like Henry Dittman and I went. And Fun. Jamie Robledo and Dittman mm-hmm. and all that that whole crew of, of friends. Uh, early, early days in Hollywood. Uh, and just was blown away from I Oh, I fucking love it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I've gotten ahead of myself. Shall, I just sh- think it's fucking great. It's, shall it's I break this shit down? Break it down. Break it down. CJ's breakdown. The world ends and Satan returns to Earth with his live-in boyfriend, Saddam Hussein, when the boys' moms kidnap and publicly execute a pair of Canadian comedians because of their bad language. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. You stupid son of a bitch. This was my entry into South Park. I, I, It was not my bag. I was kind of against like the sophomoric... I was very anti-jackass growing up, so, like, I missed the beginning of South Park. But I did start watching this with my guy friends. And then now, pretty much since, like, season eight, I've been a pretty religious watcher of South Park. Wow. Yeah. Well, I this mean, came out in 89? I mean, uh, 98 99. or 99? 99. 99 is the greatest year of of movies ever by the it's way got some good shit going on that year the sure. matrix that's all anyway keep going scott <laughs> tarzan <Everything>. Tarzan. <laughs> beauty which is problematic to watch now american beauty but it's yeah. still you know it was everything. huge sam mendy like, no no yeah. no no i um i remember so i had a friend who was a so if for those not familiar with the background of south park south park all started as as kind of a joke with George Clooney asking these two guys to create a uh, a short video Christmas card that he could send out. And I remember gathering like 50 people in a living room because somebody had finally gotten a hold of this thing that everybody was talking about and how everybody, you would be offended no matter what your worldview was. <laughs> and it was the 10 minute Jesus comes to South Park right. episode. And so I was a fan right off the bat, like in, and into it. And they pushed the buttons of everybody on this. And they still do. And they still do. I, I think that they are, I, I hope this isn't too dramatic or hyperbolic, but the Mark Twain's in many ways uh, of, of our time, they are commenting on everything. There's it's a it, bit hyperbolic, but I agree with you in some ways. You know, I mean, they they haven't shied you, away from too much of anything, have they? Uh, in terms of social commentary over the past twenty years, it's been going on for twenty. Ninety seven was when they started, so twenty four yeah. years now. Wow. Uh, Pam, yeah. what do, how, did you? Were you a South Park fan? So I, it took me a little while to get into it. Um, I was simp- I was like Simpsons die hard. It was hard for me to watch mm-hmm. other like adult yeah. cartoon animated shows, but once I did. Um, I was like, oh shit, this is, so, I mean, A, it's completely different from the Simpsons, but it's also genius in a different way. And I think, right. I think yeah. that, uh, I mean, I love them. I love their, their music 
writing skills. It's like, they're so, mm-hmm. it's like Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy. And I know Family Guy is very problematic and, and controversial, but um, mm-hmm. th- the way he understands musicals, Seth MacFarlane well, I think- is very similar to how Trey and Matt understand musicals. They get it. Right. They get it. One of them actually went to where they met in college. One of them, and I think it was Matt Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a music student. Yeah. So like, yeah. not that getting a BA well, in music does it for you, but I mean, you know, he and he their was musical, no slouch. musical theater nerds, they did Cannibal the Musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a orgasmo lot of, orgasmo that's right they've done a lot of songs within south park the show even and then of course we can't not mention book of yeah, mormon yeah, yeah which yeah. obviously bow is down, a huge deal. Bow down. right well yeah. and also okay so this was a fun little trivia thing i found i was watching a little it's funny i was watching an interview with them and it was like the new york times theater talk but it was theater er talk which i knew would have made you crazy bailey oh because my it was wrong. fucking god <laughs> so, they were they were on Matt and Trey were on with um the guy that they wrote Book of Mormon with the Avenue Q guy. Um right. and it was this snobby theater guy that was um interviewing them and he started the interview going to the third guy and saying, "What's it like working with a couple of hacks?" Oh. And um yeah, but anyway, uh, the, uh one Ouch. of them yeah, Trey said that he got a letter from Sondheim after this movie came out and Sondheim told him it was his favorite musical he had seen in 15 Makes years. Sense. <laughs> and then five years later, when Team America came out, he wrote him another letter saying, this is my favorite <laughs> musical now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm not as big of a Team America fan. I do Me like Team America. Uh, I, I it's like good, it, but, but musically, I mean, I really mean musically. I think the music in this oh, yeah. is, Super, it actually, dare I say, it has it has a similar thing that, greatest showman has which is that it is engineered to make me love every song and yes. i do i yes. love every song in it it makes me laugh so hard i know okay so here's my context you ready for this yes. i did not see this movie until i was probably 17 18 okay i it came out when i was nine uh-huh i knew every word to every one of these songs especially okay <laughs> before i was 10 like everybody all of my friends knew every song they they would quote it to me i remember one time at school i got in trouble for saying would you like to suck my balls mr garrison and i got well, yeah, in trouble for it because did. someone overheard me well no they heard you me got a beat chip put in you right no i wasn't i wasn't i didn't say it to it first of all is that ice cream truck just parked outside of your yes <laughs> i'm sorry y'all it's, it's every okay. day for t- like a half hour and at least it's during the it up. it's during it's the south park yeah, one sense. it works it, it, it's a nice bed of music underneath the conversation. Yeah. It's fine. No, Hilarious. we can get it out. Nothing to be sorry so. about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I knew every single song. I knew the quotes to it. I knew it all. And then when I was like 16, 17, they started playing it on Comedy Central mm-hmm. after 10 That's p.m. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Edited. Yeah. They were allowed to not bleep things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The so first time was, they said the- shit, we were all like, <gasps> Yeah, we were like, oh my god, and they would say the F and they word, announced and I was like, this is a big deal. They had promos for yeah. it for like yeah. months. They're like, get ready because we're gonna say the S H I T word. That's right. It was yeah. a big yeah. deal, and I and that was the first time I saw it. And I can't imagine watching this censored. I've only ever watched right. it on like as a movie. As well, and a I DVD think they had or... played it censored, and I just didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, like, well, what's the point? It's like watching Showgirls where they put the digital bras over them. The whole right. Time. You're just like, why am I watching this? 
exactly like that. Well, I you know oh, it's gone. Okay. Everyone knows that I'm a I'm a, a oh, stan for Verhoeven. Okay. Yeah. Showgirls. Everybody go rewatch that movie. That's it's a- my favorite trash movie. I love that movie. I um, yeah. Anyway, I like RoboCop. Well, it's I'm not That's saying Showgirls is his best the movie. Total Recall's his best movie. Oh yeah, what? remember the fake bras in Robo? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but so yeah, I you know I love this thing, and there's the songs in this are oh. catchy as shit. They're stellar. Oh, they should put this on stage. Well, I think too that um, I yeah, read somewhere <laughs> they they actually modeled a lot of these songs after popular musical theater songs. The oh, one yeah. one of my favorites is La Resistance, yeah. and they wrote that and that medley. Uh, let's see, who was it? La Resistance, who, I can't remember which guy it was, fucking loves Les Mis. And yeah. One Day More is his favorite mm-hmm, number. Yeah. So they wrote this song. And, and it's very that, that. That was its inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have some stupid trivia about this movie, if y'all yeah, want to it yeah. It's not stupid, it's hilarious. Um, it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Song. That's right. Um, and Robin Williams, which you can find this on YouTube, Robin oh, Williams performed yeah. Blame Canada yeah. oh, okay. with the Rockettes showing that's up. That's right. Oh, Canada. No, that's a Five Iron Frenzy song when it's not the national anthem. <laughs> um, uh, he performed it at the Oscars with the Rockettes showing up in, in the end. one and breath. Is, <laughs> yes, and yeah, it right. is glorious. And, it, but it lost so to good. Phil Collins's "You'll Be in My Heart" from which Tarzan. is a beautiful wow. song. It's a it beautiful is a great song. song. Ah, the joke that the joke that kind of surrounds Tarzan though is that it's like, did anybody tell Phil Collins that this was about a guy who lives in trees? Like <laughs> the, the music is just so another it's movie amazing. For another well, movie. And, it's like a whole other thing. <laughs> Well, and then the the fact that they put him on their hit list in the show and go after Phil Collins they multiple do. Yeah, times yeah. on the yeah. show, just like pissing all over him. Um, yeah. So here's, this is my last fun one. In the Guinness World Records 2001, this film was said to have the most profanity used in an animated film. The book cited a total of 399 swear words, which if they had, they did that on purpose. If they had 400 swear words in the film, the rating would have to change to NC-17. Um, So 399 swear words, including 146 uses of the word fuck. Well, along shut your with fucking 100- face, Uncle Fucker alone is. Yeah. <laughs> along, along with 199 offensive gestures and 221 acts of violence. <laughs> yep. 221. <laughs> the story of them battling the MPAA, who is yeah. a target in the movie, right. uh, is crazy because they, they, and it literally was like two weeks, two weeks before the release that they got the R rating and they don't quite know how they got the R rating. Cause As opposed to something higher, like an NC-17? or they, Oh, I'm sorry. They had an NC-17, and it got oh. and it stayed in NC-17 up until two weeks before. And then Scott Rudin, who's one of the producers on it, made some phone calls and fixed that problem. But they they mm-hmm. were so offended. They were mm-hmm. so offended by uh the MPAA because they said that all of the, their energy was focused on the language. They didn't mind any of the violence. They didn't mind that you saw characters getting blown away. They didn't literally said nothing about any of that. Right. It was strictly about the, the dirty words. And they were like, this just fuels it. So everything's it was, so backward here, but it's it also literally at, what the movie's about. It's literally, it's what the movie's literally about. 
like censorship censorship and like yeah which is which is an interesting movie to watch in 2021 too where that's all anybody is yelling about right now well there's a lot of other things but But yeah there's layers to it they um scorsese afterwards uh sent them a letter after the movie had come out and they they sort of publicly came out and talked about the the battle and he's like you should have just done my trick so what scorsese does if he thinks that a movie's too violent or is going to get an NC-17 is he shoots an extra ultra-violent scene and <gasps> puts it in there, submits it, and then when they come back going, it's too violent, that's, he's like, oh, okay, I'll take, I'll, take, I'll take this scene brilliant. out. I'll mm-hmm. take the scene out of the head being bashed in with a baseball bat. Brilliant. Okay, thank you so much. So, like, Scorsese, <laughs> like, but it's that, it, you know, it's that commentary, because we don't, there's a whole documentary about, we don't know who's on the these the NPAA board. We don't right. know yeah. anything. The documentary about is amazing. It's, and it's fucked up when they're like trying to track these people down and they're like, and we just don't know like if there, if there's ultra conservatives on there, who's determining what's going on. And the whole history behind the NPAA is, is also shady, but right. Well, you know, what would have helped them is step one, instead, instead of ass, ass say buns, buns. <laughs> kiss my buns or you're, or a, you're buns a buns hole. hole. Step two, Instead of shit, shit, say poo. Say poo. As in bull poo, poo head, and this poo is cold. cold. Step three with bitch, drop the T, because bick in Latin is generosity. Generosity. And step four, you don't say fuck anymore, because fuck is the worst word that you can say. We shouldn't say fuck, no, we shouldn't say fuck, fuck, no! It's easy, okay? Which, by the way, is my favorite song. That nah. I I mean I love them all for different reasons. I love Satan's ballad. I lo- you know there's there's songs that you just re- you can really get into. This one though, I have a I have a deep place in my heart. I think it's hilarious. I love it. What's your favorite songs? Um, I have so many. It's like Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, I love La Resistance. Yeah. Um. I also I love Blame Canada. I love Kyle's Kyle mom Kyle's mom's a bitch. Yes, <laughs> love up there. And I also love I'm super. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's all. I, Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. It's so so many good musical numbers. Um, Pam, sorry. Well, Kyle's mom's a bitch. She's a big fat bitch. She's a man gets bitch in the hall. I brought some stupid bitch. The rose bitch. She's a bitch. Well I love that it. song is so fucking funny. And when they go to children around the world, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's so fucking good. I love that song. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Scott? <laughs> Mine is Uncle Fucker. Yeah. And it's because when I saw it in the theater, it was a crowded theater. There wow. was a there was a middle aged couple that came in like right before the movie started, and they said, "Well, what do you I'm, expect? They're Canadian." And I'm like, and I'm watching this old couple, and I'm like, "This is not the movie for them." And so we get to that song, and every I think it there's a little it, it's a little cold until you get to that song. I think well, it's right. well, it's meaning to be uh, almost feeling like a normal animated family film, and then once they are tainted by that movie, they, it, the tainted Rock right as it were yeah but the, so the song and starts and and pe- the the audience 
it was just such a great communal joyous experience just everybody just started losing their shit and i glanced over and this old lady is having an asthma attack she is laughing the the old couple they they just and when the fart when the fart (laughs) the fart (laughs) interlude the fart interlude comes in and everybody everybody's just like why are we why are we enjoying this so much and it's yeah, you know, it's joyous, and, and they're doing. Uh, the Terrence and Philip are also a scene that would be replicated in the musical Shrek, which we've also talked about a lot. <laughs> there is a moment where he and Fiona have a fart battle. Yeah, they do. Right. Yeah, yes, right. they just back and forth during a song. There's so like, many good okay. things about going to a movie and having an old couple there. Like when I saw when I saw <laughs> Titanic, this old lady turned to a guy and said, "What did What did she just say?" And the guy goes. She said, put your hands on me, Jack. Like, really? (laughs) My, uh, that reminds me of when I went and saw Downton Abbey with my parents who were- The movie? Yes. Because I'm a huge Downton Abbey fan. And my parents, who were in their 60s and 70s, who also loved Downton Abbey, went down the street to the AMC in downtown LA. And it was like a quarter full and it was all old white people. And I have never been in a room of such self-satisfied white people. (laughs) Like I remember like the most sexually, (laughs) anytime Maggie Smith said anything, anybody was like, Oh, (laughs) Maggie Smith. And then the most sexually charged moment in the movie is when some guy, some single guy reaches over and grabs some single woman's hand. (laughs) Literally everyone in the audience, including me was like, (gasps) Le gasp. Um, there's some pretty cool. Uh, there's some pretty cool cameos in this one. We got George Clooney. Yes, is the doctor or whatever. Uh, Brent Spiner. He also plays Yippie. Brent Spiner. Brent yeah. Spiner, who is Data in on Star Trek TNG, is Conan O'Brien. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Mini Driver from Tarzan, who plays Jane in Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. Crossover. She's Brooke Shields. Oh, she doesn't play herself? No, she's no, Brooke Shields. No, no that's Winona Ryder. Ryder. Winona Ryder is played by Toddy Water- Walters, who does a lot of uh, voices on um, on on the show. Their yeah. show. Uh, and then Eric Idle is Dr. Vossknocker. Yes. Uh, Dave yes. Foley from Kids in the Hall, who's one of my favorite actors. Favorite. He is all of the Baldwin brothers. He's all of <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, the lead singer from Metallica does the Kenny... Little boy going to hell. Like that's him right. doing that yes. whole song. Yeah. Lars Von Hetfield. Trier. <laughs> I'm kidding. Lars, yeah. Hetfield. Uh, Hetfield. James yeah, Hetfield. Yeah. And then Mike Judge, oh, who is the creator of such things as Beavis and Butthead and Daria and Daria. Hill and Silicon Valley. He is the voice of Kenny when Kenny takes his hood off. <gasps> See you so later, you it's guys. Normally Matt Stone. Matt Stone does all that. You know, but when he takes it off, Mike, Mike Judge does the nice. voice. That was it's kind of fan, yeah, it's one, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite. I just things. love yeah. artists supporting other artists. That's Agreed. what we we'll do yeah. someday. Oh, yeah. When, well, I mean, we're doing it now, but when we're all famous and rich, yeah. it'll be absolutely. Fun. Um, <laughs> is there anything? Uh, there is an episode of the of South Park. Uh, specifically, let me look at it. It is season 12 episode 13 yeah which is the high school musical episode of south park now that is important for multiple reasons one because that <laughs> that episode is 
motherfucking hilarious. Yes. It is super it is. classic. It's the first time we have the character who's the, I'm going to super slap you. <laughs> I'm going to slap super you silly hard. super hard, um, which is hilarious. Really good episode. Everyone should go watch it. But it's another one of those times where they basically redo versions of the songs from High School Musical. Yes. And they and it's actually good. And it like really works <laughs> and is very funny. Even if you don't know High School Musical, it makes it 10 times funnier if you do know it. But we should say that is going to be our first topic next week because that was Pam's choice. Pam, 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 Okay, do it. My favorite character, oh. hands down, is Mr. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> I, I and the evolution, because uh, in it's the newest so episode. It's just so honest. Garrison is Trump in the last several no, seasons. No, that's Mr. Hat and what's his name? That's what's not Mr. Garrison. Yeah, Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. I'm thinking of, okay, I'm thinking of, um. But now he's what's Unke's name? Uh, Mr. Mackey. Mackey. Yeah. Jesus Mackey. fuck, Mackey. Bailey. That's I knew your that. Favorite, is that your favorite that. character? No, Mr. Garrison. Mr. Mackey's my favorite. Yeah. Mr. Garrison in the show now yeah, is yeah. Trump. Yeah. yeah. No, he's now he's back. Oh God. I Tyler. haven't watched the newest. The, 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 not cut up. So sorry, let's not sorry, ruin sorry. it for all of our <laughs> listeners. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's he's the back. South Park fandom is toxic. Let's not. say He's back. Um. For me, it's funny because this movie, and it's because I'm such, I've I've watched so many of the newest seasons. Like, yeah. I love all I love all of the characters in this. It's fun. I I really love Shelly Stan's older <laughs> yeah. sister with the mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's up, turds? I just oh, I love it. It's my favorite. Bit. Um, but in the show now, like Butters is my Butters favorite. Is great. I screamed like he wasn't even a character at this point, but he was like a side kid in the movie. And then Randy, right? I was gonna say Randy is actually Randy my is favorite. so fucking hilarious. Randy is Lord. Yes, I remember. <laughs> Rand yeah. Randy is the singer songwriter Lord. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I am Lord. which brings me to like. This movie is great, and I love this musical, but, like, some of their fucking trilogies, that they, the Imagination Land trilogy, yeah. they did a Game of Thrones Black Friday trilogy. That's right. Yes, they but did, so the World of Warcraft one is That's just a single episode. Is it just awesome. one? It's, it's just yeah. one. I, but I, it's funny because CJ had mentioned it the other day to me, and I was like, oh, that the World Season of Season 10. That's a, I, I thought of it as one of the trilogy big yeah. part. Yeah. No, um, just one. Just, oh. Another one that to me is a classic is the it was the it was the oil leak the Horizon oil spill mixed with it was an HP Lovecraft thing where the the oil spill actually opened up and a hole in the universe and Cthulhu came through that's right, right. over the world I remember that one yeah and Cartman becomes his like little buddy so and weirdly the last couple seasons have felt more like 
a full overarching season telling one story, especially with um, PC principal and PC stuff like that. Yes. And, and like yeah. it really, and cancel South Park, like that all felt very much like they, let's tell a story from beginning to end through the season, mm -hmm. which they haven't done a ton. And I really liked. Yeah. yeah the was, last like three or four seasons. Yeah. It's yeah. not, in my opinion, it's not always successful. Like sure. I, from, from my likes, they really hit it. Like 10 was great, but like the year that they did the first year that um, Obama got elected, they did and they did a special where like they didn't write the ending until the votes had come in and we'd known who won. And it was like an Ocean's Eleven spoof. Right. But like the overarching storyline, it works sometimes. But some of these last couple seasons, in my opinion, haven't been as good as some of the other ones, but they're still great. Like, I also I brought this up earlier, but there's two video games on um, all the platforms, I think. But I, I have them on Switch. But the first one is called The Stick of Truth. The I'm going to order The second one is called The something butthole what is it let me look it up um what yeah, mouths and on. butts are the same thing are they what we haven't said it are. all episode well Pam, well you know this i can't i can't the help. mouths and butts i can't about the mouths and butts are the same things you've known this well though, yeah right? okay i mean you you understand the concept <laughs> oh yeah right? yeah okay. yeah good 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 um <laughs> <laughs> we're deuterostone i do want to throw um, i want to throw honorable mention to the holiday special mr hanky the christmas poo along with i'm a lonely jew on christmas which is a gorgeous <laughs> song from beginning it's to end. a really pretty song yes it is yeah. i agree i agree so there was a south park video game that was on playstation that was just called south park the video game and i think it was on like nintendo 64 and like other things like that i played it a little bit i don't remember it that much then there's one called south park chef's Love Shack. Never played. Oh my god. Oh no. It's on the Sega Dreamcast. Then okay. there was um Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> then there was a, a another Dreamcast and PlayStation 1 called South Park Rally, which I think was a racing game. Okay. There's South Park Let's Go Tower Defense. Okay. That was only on Xbox Live Arcade. Fuck that shit. Then they do another <laughs> Xbox Live Arcade one called South Park Tenorman's Revenge. Okay, Scott Tenorman, yeah. Then in 2014, which is the one I'm playing through right now, and they just added it to Switch in 2018 and re-updated it in a few things. It's called The Stick of Truth. It is amazing. And then the sequel to it that apparently continues the uh, the story is The Fractured Butt Hole. Ah, ah. So it's not ah, The Fractured Butthole, but it's it's The Fractured Butt, butt Hole. Hole. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. W H O L E. Yeah. Like, Fra like he Fracture. may be he may be your half brother, but you whole love him like that. Right. right. That one. <laughs> Have Fractures, you forgotten that your own adopted son is Canadian? <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I'm I, a big Ike fan too. I love Ike. Love Ike. I think everybody should definitely, if you don't know South Park, like you know, it's in the ether. You've heard a million quotes from it. You should watch it. But. I haven't seen I've seen like the classic episodes, but I've I've never sat down and watched really like a whole season as it came out or anything like that. And I still just love well, it. The okay. video game is still fun. It's kind of cool. Mm. I love getting to watch things with people who have never seen it before. So my boyfriend's never seen South Park. So we're finishing up Seinfeld right now. We're going to start South Park. <laughs> oh, and I'm so excited. That's insane. It's going to be That's such awesome. a trip. I can't wait. That's oh, cool. What a pleasure. Well, and, you know, I think in general, it's something that even though now is, I mean, okay, even last night I played an, a, a part of the video game where I was like, 
this is so offensive. <laughs> like, it, mostly racially is what I'm talking yeah. about. Where yeah. they go to places with city walk and, and things like where you're just like, oh, man. Like, mm-hmm. they, that's way too far. But, and it's in the game very much so. But the game feels like, I'm sorry I keep bringing up the game, but I'm playing it right now. I'm pretty deep in it. I'm deep dicking this game right now. You're it, balls deep. I'm balls deep in this game right now. It is like playing an episode. You That's, know, the, yeah. the crab people show up. Man bear pig. Crab like, like people, it's, crab. Yeah. And, Man bear pig. It's like playing through an episode and you're constantly meeting people. That's so and fun. It's, it's the yeah. best. I highly recommend it. Um, Anything else we want to say about South Park? Bigger, longer, uncut? No. I'm, I, I'm uncut. Hey. I'm hey. not. <laughs> That's, That's a little turtle. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, right. That's a whole different thing. Bailey's um, uncircumcised dick. No, Part hey. One. Hey, podcast. The podcast. Volume three. No. <laughs> Bailey's. Never mind. I'm not going to. Never mind. No, I was about to I, go way too far. I think, it, uh, I think it still holds up and I think will hold up for a long time because of what it says about speech and specifically about how. Um, we deal with unliked speech or dissenting speech and it's fucking brilliant. And they've always done a good job of using, especially what is timely, you know, whatever's going on at the time in pop culture, but also just using all the things that everyone's debating or, or, or creating arguments about. And they're able to sort of show why things are ridiculous through satire. And I think right now there's a lot of people feeling like satire is like irresponsible in some ways because not everybody will get it or whatever. I actually, we, I recently had sort of this debate with friend of the pod, Sophia Dutcher, who we all love deeply, mm-hmm. um, partner to Natalie, who uh, Nicole Dressel, who was on Paula Vogel, just about what satire should and shouldn't be right now because mm-hmm. of the times. And South Park is still doing it. Cancel South Park that season was, they went all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were trying to get canceled because they didn't want to make it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently is the story. Um, but but the fandom has kept them alive and, and made sure that they have to keep making it. Well, and I heard too, when this movie came out, they were on their way out. They had, they'd been doing okay, but like the mm. first two years hadn't been that yeah. super successful. Were they and on Comedy mo- Central? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. They've always and this is that. what yeah. made them really like take off. It, and yeah, people... it, blew, it blew up in a way they, nobody thought that it would. Well, right. HBO owns them now. And they've mm-hmm. been every uh, episode. Yeah. It's not even on Paramount Plus, which who owns Comedy Central. And they, uh, They've been putting out specials throughout COVID time, and most recently, I think two days ago, they or maybe yesterday, they just dropped the vaccination. That's right. Special. Yeah, yes. I haven't watched. It's, it you yet. can find yeah, it on HBO either. or HBO Max. That's right. <laughs> yep. Um, so promo code theater out. theater. Promo code. <laughs> make sure you spell it R E for and one then cent E-R. off. For one cent. Well, for one cent off. Yeah. Um. Uh. Fuck. Don't say fuck. <laughs> Fuck no, it would only because fuck is the worst only, word that you can say. Fuck is the worst word that you can say. Don't say fuck back now. <laughs> it's the best. Um, I love you all really deeply. Is there anything else you want to say about South Park? No, it's great. Blood drenched frozen tampon popsicle. <gasps> I wrote that too. I like I how on one episode they had a, the manatees who push the balls up to, to that have the words on them that are gonna tell. 
uh, Family Guy what their episode will be about. It's so real though. It's so true. They call out. They have some Simpsons call outs that are fucking brilliant. They have like they go all the way with those. I love it. The Kanye West stuff was really good. That was a trap. I think Kelly. R. Kelly. Oh, yes that was yeah. <laughs> i still remember i don't know if y'all saw they did a half hour long doc years ago and it was before their human centipede episode came was out. was it the six days to air right and i don't know that they're doing it anymore but they used to do a new episode in six days before it aired so yeah. you follow them through their journey of getting it ready yeah and this was the season that came out right after they'd had all of this big success on broadway with book of mormon right and they're interviewing Trey at one point, and he says, like, you know, I was just on Broadway for a couple years dealing with all those people in theater stuff. He's like, boy, it's just really great to be doing a show where Kyle has to eat somebody's shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, Bill Hader is in that documentary because he was in the writer's room during that time for South Park. Wow. And I will say, and this is neither here nor there, but when I was watching that documentary for the first time, Bill Hader was kind of just starting on uh, on SNL and things like he hasn't hadn't really fully blown up yet. And I remember being like, that guy is the most annoying fucking person. I thought he was annoying, too. At first. Now I love yeah. him. I absolutely I love know. Him. I love yeah. him now. I think he's brilliant. I, I but didn't when, get it. But in that documentary specifically, like everything Trey and Matt say, he like he like overdoes his yeah, laugh yeah, to like yeah. but that's literally and he, him he's not overdoing yeah. it if you've seen him in interviews yeah. now he gets mm -hmm. so like giggly and like he's yeah. so over the top in, in real yeah, life right. yeah and it's 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 sort of the opposite jimmy fallon where i used to love that jimmy fallon used to like break yeah, up yeah. and laugh during well, his hack, and now i think he's now i think he's a huge joke <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't call him a hack he was very funny on snl but now he's it's like what are you doing He's not I even up to Leno standards at this point. Like, he's no, just boring. Colbert's Colbert's lapped him three times. Yeah, over. that's crazy. And Colbert anyway. struggled too a lot. You know, he struggled uh, with yeah. his show in the beginning a lot, and then it just well, people had a lot of trouble separating it. Colbert, from the Colbert. Rapport, yeah. Come on, people. When are we going to give white guys a chance? <laughs> really though, we need more of that, guys. <laughs> Um, obviously, I am a men's rights way. activist, everybody. <laughs> he wasn't born an ally. I will Teach say, me your ways, CJ. <laughs> I struggle. We are, I struggle with. We are a very feminist podcast. We are also a very. We try to be as woke as possible. So we understand that South Park is not the most woke, but it is doing the thing with satire that I think a lot of things do correctly. It's doing it correctly, where it is using our the things it knows are going to make us cringe to make a point about those things and it, a lot of the and times a challenge really and a they challenge. do a good job of challenging um on on both sides of the political spectrum i mean they've been accused of nihilism i don't right. think that they've ever been nihilist but i've always appreciated the satire even when it's hit me square in the nuts yeah. like, right square like, in the jump you square in the nuts um so <laughs> thank you for joining us Thank you for, for our bonus Mary series episode one. Yes. We have a whole other episode coming out next week. Now, obviously this week we covered Tommy, South Park. Let me tell you which we're covering next week. Pam, what was your choice? <laughs> High school musical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the made for TV movie. And that sound was I, intended. 
the made for tv movie disney channel movie high school musical uh which spawned two sequels one of which was in theaters we're going to talk about all that very excited about that i have some pretty cool uh exciting context that has to do with that one um and then after that we're going to do the bailey's choice which i know we're all so excited to talk about it is um the greatest showman <laughs> silence <laughs> i am excited i i am excited to talk about it yeah i have a lot of conflicting feelings and about i it. you <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh yeah so definitely uh look out for that we'll be back next week with that see listen we know all of you are screaming at your phones or your car or whatever that you have things to add you have questions to ask you have shit that you want us to do episodes on so yeah you should totally tell us find us on instagram you can email us and send us everything we want it yep. um hey pam oh hi Thank you for being here. I, I lo- it's my <laughs> second for- favorite place in the world to be. <laughs> second place. Thanks for classing up the joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for all your contributions to to the show. It's true, uh, CJ. We are trash. Yeah. <laughs> she brings the class. We bring yeah. the trash. I, 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 just a little bit. I, mean, I bring the ass. We're at zero. <laughs> I think I bring the ass. Yes. Uh, I bring the ass. I'm sorry I interrupted, Scott. No, not at all. Um, thank you to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song. Our theme song's better than your theme song. Uh, and, oh, it's we true. Should, it yeah. is. Uh, we should also be, give uh, big shout outs to uh, Annie Baker. Hey. Pulitzer Prize winning playwright who also writes Thanks, our podcast Bakes. and doesn't know it. Yeah. He writes our podcast and doesn't know it. But after this uh, fucking COVID shit, we're going to buy her a beer. Annie That's Baker, right. you're going to come to Hollywood and we're going to buy you a beer. Thanks, Annie Baker, for watching South Park Bigger, Longer, Uncut and, and giving us our notes. <laughs> I, us I w- would love to sit down with her and Paula Vogel and, and, just, have, and just have them like give notes. <laughs> I wrote it with Churchill. Yeah. Oh, I'm my God. Ch- I'm, I'm Kenneth Churchill. Let's watch South Park. Um... um I love you all deeply. Please go rate, subscribe, review. We really appreciate the listens. It does actually help us if you subscribe. Um, And we'll be back next week with part two. Thanks a lot. Peace out, everybody. Everybody. That's what Brian Boitano did. The theater, the theater. Theater, theater.